welcome to After the Smoke Clears podcast with Kimrin and Sam. This is our first episode. We are super excited to start this off. It's been a little bit of a long journey to get here, but we are excited to be here. Sam, anything you want to say? Yeah, I just want to say I'm very happy to be here tonight with you guys, everyone in the studio recording, uh, myself, Cameron, and our tech manager, Scott. I'm very grateful for you all to be here tonight. Um, yeah, basically, let's uh, let's 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 get let's get in, let's get into things. Let's let's do it. I think yeah. we should start by talking about ourselves individually and just who we are, so people can get to know us a little bit. So, I mean, why don't you start off? Tell me about your life and your interests. Yeah, I can definitely do that for us. Um, yeah, so I, I guess for myself, when it comes to my general like interests and my life and my lives and all, like I'll start with my, with my interests first. Uh, I've always been a big advocate for general health and fitness ever since I was a kid when I started playing sports and getting into more of a health, more of a healthy, active lifestyle at the age of at the age of eleven. Yeah. Uh, one of my main one of my main things that I have that's it's always kind of interesting. My I guess more so more so in recent years is in general just creating better, stronger, and more resilient human beings because I feel like nowadays humans um, we're left with a lot of untapped potential and a lot of people don't see the greatness within themselves. They they choose to be a little have a, have a little bit more of a uh, a negative aspect in life and I think that I think that's a thing in life that needs to change. Uh, but aside from that, that's just basics about myself. Um, yeah, as it comes to my job and everything, and my my career where I'm at in life, uh, mm-hmm. I'm about five. I'm roughly five years into my career in sheet metal currently. I started that when I was 19, when I just got out of high school. I actually I found the job like by fluke and everything, because I was over on Indeed looking for for job experience after going to a after going to school for a structural steel. And I thought that's just what I was going to do. I heard there's pretty good money in it. Once you get up to the top, you're making you look kind of like over like six figures and everything. How long were you in school for structural? What was it? Structural what? For uh, stru- structural steel fabrication. How long was that? Uh, just about like five, six months. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So like, do you have a certification for that now or did you just change? Oh, months? no. I, I just like on my, on, like if you look at like my school files, like my school like progress and everything, all yeah. my transcripts, it'll say that I completed a uh, level one. Right. Uh, structural steel fabrication, but uh, af- after that, I I never pursued it anymore because I found my job in sheet metal, and that's when I found out that uh, through that job actually you can make a lot more money, younger, real quick, real quick, and everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I've just stuck it out since then. But in regards to like the future of my career, mm-hmm. I do want to make a switch because I've realized with all the health and fitness I'm into, working out six days a week, as well as working a construction sheet metal job. It is very heavy on the body, and as I as I get closer to my thirties and everything, it it will start to weigh down. So I was hoping sure. to make the uh yeah I was hoping to make the switch more so like the the transition into going to school hopefully for either one of three things sports rehab something that has to do with tech and sciences like most of my family has done mm-hmm. or the other third option going in the military. I never knew you wanted to do that. Like honestly, until we did this. Yeah, that's just that's just the kind of stuff I'm into, you know. It's like I it's like I said prior and everything. I want to have a, I want to live in a world and I want to create better, stronger, more resilient human beings. And I feel and I feel like sports rehab, getting into tech and sciences, getting into the military that really that really helps with that. I mean, like for me, like I'm a feminist, but like if they tried to put everyone in the military, I might play that card. And be like, you know, like women don't belong in it because I am yeah. so like I would never do it. So I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I give hey. credit. 
you know, you know what, yeah, you know, you know, you're right. The military isn't for everyone, but it definitely isn't. They, but you could be the person to yeah. do it. I see that. For you. And the individuals that it turns that it turns out are some of, are some of the most respectable individuals and hardworking. Hundred percent, hundred percent, they are very respectable. And I think, like as you said, between like the three things you're choosing, like well, that's the beauty of this time in life. You you have the time to do it. Oh, exactly. And I'm interested to see which one you pick. Yeah. You know, hey. you can keep everyone updated as you do choose as well. Yeah, that's what's what's happening and all that. Yeah. Uh, but I just wanted to ask you a question real quick, you know, for this very first episode of our podcast that we have here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to know, like, what are some experiences about yourself that have helped, like, define you as a person and helped, uh, you know, shape shape your life and your, and your viewpoints that you hold nowadays? Hmm. Um, okay, well, I'll start with a little, like, intro about myself. I mean, I'm a university student right now. I'm 23 and Sam's 24. Um... For me, I'm in poly, and I'm thinking about, like, either minoring or switching to sociology, and my hopes are, like, to get into law one day, become a lawyer. That kind of stemmed from, like, I don't know, when I was younger, like, I had deep-seated interest for as long as I can think back in, like, aid, in helping other people, in, like, viewing out injustices, so that's something that kind of led me to that, um... As for something that changed my perspective, hmm. I mean, for me, definitely, like, the biggest thing that comes to mind is switching schools. Like, I went to a private school for the majority of my education, my, or, like, my, not post-secondary, but pre-secondary education. So, um, I only switched to the same school as Sam in grade 12. Before that, I was at, yeah, a private school, as I said. And I think that changed my perspective in life because the people that I was around at the private school was not they were not my people it was not something that was reflected in my home at all so it didn't feel like I belonged and for me I was never the kind of kid or still to this day I'm not the kind of person who will change myself to fit a group so for a while I was just happy being like you know what I don't belong here and I don't care and I don't really want to and then it got, like, alienating, you know? Then it was like, okay, but why am I wasting my time here if I can tell these are not my people? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so... It starts to set in a little more. So yeah. I realize that. Yeah. And so my mom, um, you know, we had a talk, and I told her I was thinking about it, and she called me one morning, and she said, you know what? It's done. I told the private school you're not coming back, and you're going to the public school. I got you in. And I remember being so mad. And then, you know, fast forward to when we started, it was the best decision for me because I met people that you know just accepted me for me and also like looked at me as a clean slate like they just looked at me and kind of wanted to know who I was from the person I was at that time and what I didn't like about the private school is that like some people even in grade 11 some people wouldn't even talk to me because they had heard something about me said in the fourth grade and I just thought like that was ridiculous and that's something I didn't really see in public school the same way of like one minor rumor defining you for the rest of your life in high school like I don't think that was so much the case at the school we went to so I mean for me that definitely changed my perspective because I was you know I was alienated before I felt like I didn't belong I felt like nobody accepted me for a while and then going to that school I kind of realized like wow okay I do have a place to belong I'm good to just be me and it was great yeah and that was that was always one of like the greatest things about or high school was as judgmental as it was at times. A lot of people were very open to, to to new people if you if you found the right groove and like you know like I guess like the right moment 
yeah. you'll make your move to like out, get in and to engage with, with other with other people. I definitely think it's sad too, like watching people try and watching people just change themselves to fit into groups when I don't know. There's so much more value in waiting for the right people. Like I, think you're right. It's easier to do that, just you know, to be like, I don't want to be alone. I can just find someone and I can act that way, but. I'm sure you feel more alone than the person who just chooses to have no friends. And yeah. I think I can attest to that from what I've seen. Yeah. And I'm, that's one thing that I am deeply like proud of myself for. That I never really just settled. I never really just tried to be who I wasn't. I just said, you know what? If you don't like it, fine. I don't care. I'm fine having nobody. I'm fine walking alone. I'm fine walking away. I don't know. So for me, that was a big thing. But like, I don't know. I'm curious. Like For you, what would it be? Like What's something that really shifted your perspective? I think, for, I, you know, personally speaking for myself, it would definitely have to be getting my first job. Because my whole life through high school, I didn't work a single day in my life. Meanwhile, my friends were going off being lifeguards, pizza delivery, baby, yeah. babysitting, coaching sports. For myself, I had always just, I had always just gone and done my sports after school. So I'd never really. You never had a job in high school? I never once had a job in high school. Yeah. I was, I was just, I was that kid. I was just going to sports practices after school, mm-hmm. two to three hours a day. Sometimes in the mornings as well before, and then I would go home, maybe maybe study a little bit, maybe study a little bit, and then I would just I would just go off and I would play Call of Duty or I go, right, maybe go to my friend's house. That would be like once every couple of months because I was always just tanked from going from going off, from being up since six a.m. most most days and going out to work out or go practice. I suppose sort of thing. Yeah. But the main reason that getting a job after high school changed my perspective on life. Was because I went into it with with, with no with no experience, mm-hmm. and going into a job with no job experience, you're going you're stepping into a whole you're stepping into a whole different world of response of, of responsibility, meeting people that really like they are like they're gonna like they're just gonna be them be themselves and they're there for work they're there for work and everything they're not they're not necessarily there to be your friend or be mm-hmm. along with you they're there they know they have a job and right. they want to get it done and they don't really care they honestly you kind of walk into it they don't, they don't care. And for myself, I hopped into the extreme end of that world. Yeah. I hopped into trades. So I, got, I went from thinking, oh, I know, I know banter. I know, I know how I like to not care about like what I, like what I say. I know how to stand up to someone or thing. No, trades is a completely, is a completely different world. You go, you are working with some very hardened individuals, but respectable to mm-hmm. a certain degree. So for myself, even just going through the uh the structural steel fabrication that was like that was new to me like my teacher was messing with me and i thought i understood i thought i understood teachers messing with me based from our shop teacher no it's it's a whole different it's a whole different it's yeah. a whole different level like I've, I've seen i've seen kids cry in class it's actually kind of funny oh my um God. yeah i know that that's that's no that, that's <laughs> honestly in university too so yeah i feel you that's that's what it's like but the thing is in trades like they are raw and they are uh they're very authentic with it like they like like the stuff i've heard my teachers and co-workers say to my face and come up with mm-hmm. like puts anything like some frat kid would say like on in like the deep end like it's not it's nothing yeah but so that's sure re- but yeah so that really changed my perspective on it because my very first job i worked with a. I wouldn't say i will i know i'm gonna say i'm gonna say yeah they were a pretty small more more family oriented company that came from the coast mm-hmm. and uh at the time that i joined back when i was 19 they were just getting into city. They were just getting into city work. Yeah. And so, with that being said, they were small. They were just starting out, getting into city towers and all that downtown. So they were kind of just hiring anyone. And when I say anyone, like I, I mean <laughs> anyone. Like, yeah. Like you, 
like I've told you about some of the people who I've worked with and you're, yeah, you're, and, you're yeah. and like your jaw just drops or like you just burst out laughing like losing your like just losing your shit mm-hmm. um but yeah like my very first crew um it was a you know, it was a very rough but diverse crew who came from different backgrounds each each individual with their own dynamic experience experience in life and everything yeah. you know we have people coming out from uh, like very like far like up 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 north very rough part very rough parts of canada people coming in from africa people coming in from europe right. you know scotland namely with one of one of the main boys at work um yeah i mean like i think overall like this this experience and talking to all my coworkers about their experiences in life you know they really it it, it it taught me like the true value of hard work and self and self respect and everything because going into this job, I mm-hmm. thought I thought that I had this, but uh, once you start working a job where like you are like you're responsible for your own safety, you're responsible for other people's safety, you have strict deadlines and a new like big boss for the first time that you want to impress. Yeah, you really learn you really learn the value of like putting your head down, putting your best effort, being the best version of yourself, and just yeah going going like going to work and keeping yourself to a certain standard you know the respect the, the respect aspect of it yeah and additionally to that you know obviously yeah i had a job so i i don't really have a good concept of money going 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 Absolutely, this. Yeah. so whenever whenever i get money from my parents guess what i'm just i'm spending it on clothes and going to buy video games i'm mm-hmm. going out i'm buying 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 liquor and i'm buying food and all yeah. that. So i'm buying i'm buying like the fun short-term uh Satisfac- satis- 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 satisfactory things in, things in life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah, this job definitely getting my first job, especially once because it was a pretty. It's a pretty paycheck for someone who's getting their first job. For it sure. really, it really taught me the value of money and being smart with my spending habits and kind of over over time, over time at least, moving away from going out every single weekend or just like oh, I have I have like over a grand. I'm gonna go buy some clothes. I'm gonna go spend this and that. I'm gonna go buy a case of beer it mm-hmm. taught me it mm-hmm. taught me to move more away from that and to invest my money into things that would help me in the long term opposed to the short term uh right but yeah overall you know through my job in she model i was exposed to a whole new world of acquiring wealth and building a future and skill set for myself that I, that didn't require a university or an office job and that's something that i always want that's something that i wanted to do since i was in grade nine or grade ten and i think Namely, when I when I was in high school and I got into grade ten and I joined shop class, like actually joined a first mm-hmm. That's when I knew this is what I want to do because I like I just I just couldn't I just couldn't bear to go sit in a classroom for about like sit classes for six to eight hours, six to eight yeah. hours a day, and then go study because I, I had just done that all through my elementary school. I just did that all through high school and I hated every single second of it. I couldn't I couldn't bear. It. I needed something where I could move and I could actually like, yeah. see essentially big physical puzzles that I myself had had to solve. And that's what I was exposed to for this job, and mm-hmm. yeah, I th- I think you know it, it's brought me it's brought me to this moment where I am now on this yeah. on this podcast, being friends with all with all with all with all you guys, mm-hmm. and having a, having a, a skill set that is always going to be necessary to, to society, and so that's I'm actually gonna I'm I'm still no matter how old I get I'm always going to be able to to grow on. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, yeah, uh, so. yeah, you know, I've I've been talking for a minute now. I don't want to be too no, no, rude. I don't want to be too rude for the first podcast. I want I want to let the main brains behind the operation have to speak to you because you you did be honest. You did you did you did you brought this up. You brought up you brought, you wanted to bring us together for a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, because I think yeah. it was something that I always thought of doing. I was just looking for the person that I felt was the right fit. 
Exactly. And so with you, yeah, the time we spent together, I mean, it just always felt like we were having these conversations. We didn't even get to do other things, like to, you know, we would plan all doing all these other things. We'll watch this. Mm-hmm. We'll do that. And we never even get to that when it's just yeah. me and you because we're talking. We're getting deep into something, whether and it's a different topic every time. Yeah, we'd always, yeah, we'd always have this like conversations. Yeah. Whether like we don't, we'd all be over playing Jenga or you know watching movies, chilling, you know. Uh, back like back back at the old house and everything, and you know, we, I guess we just finally decided, you know, why don't we do something with the, why don't we do something with this conversation? You know, like like mm-hmm. well, like like what do we, like you know we feel very we feel we feel very strongly about the certain topics that we that we go on about. You know, it's uh, we just want to I mean we just, we just enjoyed you know talking about talking about these various subjects and everything, and then uh, yeah, it's something you know thing like things that meant a lot. Things that meant a lot, a lot, a lot to us, and we just wanted to, uh, yeah, just keep this conversation going. But yeah, uh, I mean, we'll have to give us a platform for it. Mm-hmm. I feel like the next thing we should talk about is like what drives us, like what motivates us in life. Because I feel, I don't know, I'm learning a lot about got, you right now, so I want to keep I got, that ball I got, rolling. I got, I got some good stuff for this. Yeah, but so, you know, I'm, I'll tell you go first. Okay, sure. So for me. I think what keeps me going and like what keeps me motivated to keep or to continue on and, you know, prosper and work hard and kind of not give up really is like my desire to make something of value with the life that I was given. I feel that being like a woman of color, I, you know, I've heard my parents' generation and the generation before that and before that and, you know, their experiences and their hardships and things that they didn't have access to that, you know, I do and I feel this not pressure, but almost privilege to, you know, be the person that gets to pursue that, be the person that gets to attain these things. And that's what makes me want to do it is that, you know, I feel like I'm putting on for the generations before me and I get to be that, you know, person that they can watch and be like, you know what, she's living what we all should have. And that's why, you know, that's what keeps me going. Yeah, that's a really really good mentality to have, you know. Don't just live life for yourself, but live life for those who came before you and those who are going to come after you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think also, like, as I said earlier, like, I have always been somebody who, I, you know, I felt like it was ingrained in me as far back as I can remember. I've been somebody that cares a lot about world injustices, injustices at home, injustices wherever. Yeah. So, like, now that's kind of how I've streamlined into my position. <laughs> and that keeps me motivated. It's just like knowing all of the injustices in the world and the things I want to change. And, you know, that motivates me in my career path, but also just in everyday life, like how I conduct my day, how I talk to people, what I call people out for, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah I mean, that's I, how, that's how it should be. Yeah. Just, keep, just keeping it real. Yeah, I believe that, you know, we need those people that are going to stand up and say things are wrong and for some reason, it was ingrained in me, so that drives me. Yeah, basically, yeah, basically, yeah. No, break, break the norm. Be different. Yeah, that's the only way. You're, that's the only way you're honestly ever gonna ever gonna stand out. And being different generally means for a lot of people just being authentic. Yep, agree. Yeah. So for you, what's your motivating or driving factor <laughs> in your life? <laughs> I'm, when you laugh, no, when you no, laugh no, like no, no worry. No evil thoughts are coming out. This is all. This is all like my just my honest thoughts and everything. So yeah. What drives me the most in life is something that's, that's something that I've really I've come to terms with I guess over the past couple of years since I since since I was probably like like 
I thought when I was nine, twenty when I was senior, more so it's been since I was like since I was twenty two. That's that's when I've really kind of like discovered the main thing that motivates me in life. And mm-hmm. for me, the main purpose of my existence and what motivates me in life is just to wake up. I guess every single day and just like kick the day in the ass and have a and have a pot and have a positive and have a positive mindset. Mm-hmm. And that there's there's more there's more there's more to it. It's it's not it's not just getting it's not just getting up and killing it. You know that's like great with you. But the reason I want to get up and kill it and kill it every every single day, it, and be the best ver- and be the best version of of myself or thing, is because I want I think in the end of, at the end of the day I do want to make the world a better place. Yeah. And I feel like the number one way to make the world a better a better place that everyone is account that everyone is that everyone who lives on this planet is, is accountable for is you should go you should get up every morning, be the best version of yourself, find a way to perfect every single aspect of yourself. Because yeah. in doing so. By perfecting yourself, by making yourself the best possible version, you're putting that you're putting that version of yourself out there into into the into the world, and you're contributing into the world to make it more more beautiful place. Yeah. Now, if one person does that, it doesn't make much of a difference. But if every single person does that, the world will ultimately get to get to be a better place. I'm talking people with better moral morals, people with better intellect, people with better fitness, people with better more pure yeah. more pure and honest drive and drive 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 and drive in life. Yeah. And yeah, I I think I think a, I think a I think a li- I think a life if you live if you go off and live a life without do without doing so, without trying to become the best the best version of life the top percent version of your of yourself, then you're you're honestly just wait you're wasting you're wasting you're, you're wasting your life because when you're born, you're, you're given you're given the gift of life and everything, and you can either you can you can choose you can choose to just sit back and relax and be passive about every, about everything, or you can choose to get your ass up and make and make it and make a difference and become essentially the most powerful version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I should say at this point, like for people that really obviously some people are gonna listen to this and they don't know you, like this comes from a place with Sam. Like I will say, as long as I've known him. And the things that he's passionate about, whether it's, like, fitness or, you know, his career or making something of himself, Sam is a very, like, step-to-the-plate kind of guy. Like, he shows up and he doesn't just show up. It's not with, like, an attitude. It's not with, like, I wish I would, like, you show up and you show up right with a good attitude and you follow through. And I notice that with you. Like, you have a routine and you're dedicated and it stays. Yeah. So, I think it's important for people to know that when you say all these things, it's coming from a place of, accountability like you are doing these things as well you you know it's not just a, like what i'm trying to say it's not just a thought you have it's something that is deeply you. oh yeah like it's something that is ingrained in the way you wake up every day and i definitely see that yeah and in like relation to that you know it's it's pretty disheartening at times for me but i mean i don't let it like i don't let it get to me i just remember i kind of have a good shot i have a i have a little chuckle or whatever as well like i've been met by some people who they've gone out and like just openly to my face, they'll like or they'll criticize me. They'll say I'm a narcissist, or they'll say, "Oh no, you only you only believe in yourself. You you would you want it? You wish everyone else could be weaker. You see everyone everyone like everyone below you, and that's just bullshit. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that that is absolutely not what I believe in. Everything when I step up, when I, when I step up and say, "Hey, I can do it. Why can't they?" It's not be it's not be like it's not me being like it's not be like oh. They should be able to do no matter what, or I don't understand where they're where they're where they're coming from and everything. Mm-hmm. If anything, if some if someone has that mentality about me, like I'm saying, you know, I can do it one a day, and they think that I'm a narcissist or like I'm I'm selfish and everything. It, honestly, like you're kind of discrediting that other person's potential. I totally agree. I'm I'm saying I'm 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 coming forward and I'm saying, like, 
I'm saying, you know, when it like where it comes from, when I'm when I'm when I'm when I'm, when I'm, when I'm saying, if I can do it, why can't they? It's because if you if you take a step back and really look at it, I'm not I'm, I'm I'm no one. I'm just I'm just your average person. So if me myself, your average person, who at one point wasn't 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 something and everything, can go ahead and put themselves out there and really just try and knock it and knock it up and get to the point right where, where I can, then why can't the guy next to me? Exactly. Like I think. People, when they hear you, they take it from a place, yeah, of narcissism yeah. and being full of yourself, but really they don't understand that yeah. you're kind of trying to convey it in a way of just like professionals do of like, yeah. you know, when you, as simple as when you go to physio, when I'm going to physio, they're telling me what to do, you know, what tr- stretches to do based off of what they know. Yeah. They have, you know, expertise in that area. For you, the amount of years of dedication, whether people want to believe it or not, results yeah. in expertise. It results in having something and have some knowledge having some knowledge that is of value and that people should accept yeah. but instead you know yeah, yeah it is discrediting like, I like, agree. Like, like look at this for example who who is michael jordan yeah. he's no he's nobody Best he's, basketball player of all time. he's he's no he, he's he's nobody but just think about it cuz he at the end of the day mm-hmm. he's just a human who was born on the, on this on this planet but he got up every single day because he had a vision for himself. Yeah. It wasn't like Nike, like Nike, you know, like yeah, like when he, he they, they made him, and they also helped make him a big name. But how do you think Nike noticed him? He, he, he did that himself. Yeah, exactly. He, For years into he making worked, himself he worked on himself to the point where such a big company like Nike saw his rookie, his rookie footage, mm-hmm. and were like. This is the guy who's going to be the face of our ba- of our basketball division in the company. Hundred percent. And he worked for that because he got up every single day with this vision in his in his mind and looked and looked in the mirror and said, "I'm going to be the best." Exactly. Yeah. He did. He didn't. He didn't make. Ex- he didn't make excuses. Same goes for guys like like Kobe or Sha or Shaq or, or Scott or Scottie Pippen mm-hmm. or Dennis or even even Dennis Rodman. Yeah. They got up every single day and they said, "I'm going to be this person. I don't care what anyone else says." Yeah. And then some people look at them today as who they were, and they're like, "Well, I'm just not that. Yeah. I'll never be." And it's like they could have said that too, but they put in the work. Yeah. So or you it's know, like, you have oh, to respect and, it. yeah, it's like, oh, they got the recognition, they got lucky, or it's like, oh, they have the genetics. It's like yeah. it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Genetics and luck can only get you so far. At the end of the day, it's how much effort you put in, and what you, and what you, what and what you see in the mirror every morning when you wake up. Agreed. Yeah. So, just switching gears here. Yeah. Now that we've kind of talked a little bit about yeah, us individually, yeah. I think now we can get into like, you know, just like how we came together, why, you know, we talked a little bit about this, but a little bit more about, you know, why we chose each other, how we came together, how we met, like, you know, what connects us two, because we are two totally different people, one in trades, one in university, you know, totally, just totally different lives, but connected by something, so I think it's interesting to get into that. Yeah, no. If you want to start, about the I want to start. Okay, I can. <laughs> you know what, Kimber? I can definitely do that. All right, let's hear. <laughs> so, do you, do you want do you want to hear the the fun story version that that you that I talked to you about, or should I should I go in the other direction? Do whatever you feel. I don't know. Well, I'm gonna do exactly that. Okay. So, Kimber and Sam. One faithful day in grade 12 math class <laughs> with our favorite teacher. Yeah. So the funny thing about this is that she actually met me with a very, very <laughs> slim, slight, slight hatred. But in time, mm-hmm. in time, in good time, 
she learned that I held the characteristics of a real one. And on <laughs> God, I got that dog in me for real. <laughs> and Cameron and Cameron and Cameron respect and Cameron respected that because she also has that dog in her, and that is why we, we see, <laughs> that is why we see we see eye to eye. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on, it's it's it's, it's funny. No, it, 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 it makes it makes sense and all that. But but yeah, like being being real and everything over the course of grade twelve and the following summer, you know, like we bonded over the times that we hung out with all with you know like each other, our friends and everything. And I was really happy that she actually invited me to her. It was her 18th or 17th birthday. That's what I, I wrote in my notes. Is like, were you at my grade 12 birthday? I, I, know, I, I, I was definitely there that summer. Because I, 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 no, I... this I, was in May. It was in grade 12. Wait, when's her birthday? May. May. Beginning of May. I'll kind of forget that. I, I, this is what I'm saying. I don't know if you were there. I don't... No, I was there. Because I, I, I remember you, we, had, like, we had the cake and everything. And it wasn't like the triplets were there. Cause I remember I was at your house. Did you? Did you, did you it wasn't at my house, so this is a different one. Then. No, that was graduation. Okay. My parents had a graduation thing for us here, the barbecue. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Um, so that's, I that's don't. What it was. I don't know if you were there. That's like what I wrote because I wrote like when I changed schools. Uh, I mean, mm. I can talk a little bit about like my perspective of how we met. I mean, when I changed schools in grade twelve, Sam and I were in like biology, foods, and math together. Yeah. Obviously, those, our those first like have, interaction. Have, have yeah, not even interaction, but our first like. I don't know, like, meeting or me even, like, seeing him because there were so many people in our grade, yeah. so many people for me to meet was, yeah, Sam, like, making a joke and me not knowing who he was at all and being like, hmm, not knowing he was joking and being yeah. like, that's why, do not mess with him. Yeah, but then one of the boys were, yeah. were, 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 they were nice enough to clear, to clear things up for you. Yeah, they explained it. And then, you know, we just kind of, like, had classes together. We sat pretty close to each other just seeing the things Sam did. <laughs> I think our, just friend, our friendship, like, grew but it was just kind of as classmates and i think like it didn't go beyond that surface level until we had some mutual friends and we went to some of the same parties yeah, like, like later like you later. were on the rugby team mm-hmm. and i would go to rugby games or pr- games parties all that stuff and i think that's kind of where like friendship started yeah like, it really developed more towards like as like the school year went on initially she just knew me through like my buffoonery and all kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know like my my little bits of BS and nonsense. Stuff. Yeah, my 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 fun my fun stuff. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah. Point is, I was at one of Kermit's parties. Yeah, and then, one of them. <laughs> and then later on, the summer after that, you know, like we we bond we bonded we bonded even more over like our taste in music, you know, namely YG Stay Dangerous. Mm-hmm. I remember that album came out; it was awesome. And then yeah. it's overall Kierman spectating my Jack Daniels adventures. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, those those oh. were, those those were the fun days of, right. of, of my youth. That's right. So, I mean, now I wanted to, like, talk a little bit about, like, why we chose each other to do this. Like, why, I mean, for me, I can say, like, as we talked about earlier, I kind of had the original idea. I guess for you, it's more like, why did you say yes? Where did you see this going with me? Like, what was your vibe? So I can start, and I'll say, like, Sam and I's friendship is, like, an unlikely one. As I said, as we've talked about, like, we're just two different people. We live different lives. We're in different circles, different jobs, interests, everything. But I think what is similar is like some of the values that we share and, you know, we've learned in conversations, sometimes we even have different ideas and beliefs, but our values kind of stem down to the same thing or come down to it. And I think that's the perfect foundation for like respectful conversation, dialogue, and like debate on different things. And that's just kind of what our friendship has morphed into. So, I mean, the two of us, 
I, I mean, yeah, because we've already been having these conversations, I think the two of us saw this as an opportunity to, like, you know, have a platform for others to hear us, interact with us, grow with us, teach us as well, because, you know, this is something we love doing, and I respect, I mean, just why I chose Sam individually, or why I wanted, yeah, why I wanted you to be the second person is because I respect you for your free thought and your desire to, like, exist and think beyond the norm of what everyone else, you know, just deviate and your willingness to look at things objectively and not through the lens that 99% of people are looking at, looking yeah, at like, through no. of what I've seen. Uh, and I think, sorry, I'll just finish. Okay, I think okay, that I feel going. like this platform will not only, like, encourage, but it will depend on our ability to grow and be open to multiple perspectives. So that's why I feel like you're a good fit for that. Yeah, and that's one of the actually the big things that I really appreciate about Kim Renault is that she doesn't just see like she doesn't see like the cover and be like oh like this guy this guy's clearly messed up in the head. No, she sees past it because she chooses to take a step back from the one next. He'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, the wording could be better, but <laughs> he has a valid point. He does have a valid point. Uh, but yeah, and that's actually one of the reasons like why I'm honest, and also is you know like why Cameron is it's one of, she's honestly one of the few people who I do hold very close to my heart and is one of like the <laughs> I was just one of the overall like one of the few like human beings on this planet that I that I know that I honestly do I I, I truly do respect her mentality and her approach and her and her and her approach to things in life. And you know also like her heart and her hard work when it comes to when it comes to school. And not taking things at like face value and like I said, taking a step back and being like, okay, this makes this make this this make this makes sense and all that. Yeah. She actually takes time to look at what's what's being said or what's going on here and dissect it and you know reverse engineer it. And that's actually a very good trait. That's something that I Thank very you. much value value people. But uh, yeah, you know, as well as for this podcast, we tend to see like very eye to eye often as we share similar views and minds about life and seeing the world for what it really is. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought this would be a great idea because well, along with Cameron as well as because Cameron. Obviously, going to university, Cameron's, you know, she's got a more educated stance and mindset and mindset developed from studying in university to become a lawyer. And I thought that, paired with my more unfiltered, you know, laid back, but still critical thought process on things, and, you know, given to me by, by a career in trades and just sports and just who I am as, right. as, as, as an individual, I thought that would be a very interesting recipe for some interesting, engaging dialogue. Yeah. And, uh, just at the end, at the end of the day, like, um, this this is this is more so me just because I'm I'm fine this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do both love stirring the pot in a certain in a certain in a certain way with you know a common goal and mind of reaching the truth that you could yeah. Not like not just doing it to cause drama, being yeah. like you know like you know, just like approaching someone who like we disagree with, not just to annoy them. Or we see fallacies, we see lies, yeah. and we're like we're gonna pick this. Yeah, it's like, like you know we'll go approach someone and be like, mm-hmm. okay, that, that's really that's really cool, but why? What's up with it? Hundred percent. Explain it. Yeah. Make it make sense. Um, agree. Um Yeah, I think like the last thing I can say is like you know, we've been talking about this for a really long time. We uh Sam used to live with one of our old friends. Colorful say. friends. Yeah, one of our old friends. <laughs> and he, you know, that was not the space for us to start this, and so we decided we would wait until the new year, and ever since January, we've been working away and learning a lot about how to do this, and so, you know, we're excited that we're finally at this point, and 
also excited that we got Scott on board, not only as our editor, but as someone to kind of come on every now and then and mediate conversation and keep us on track, especially when we do have other guests. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to say? Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's just like, it's just so funny because like for the longest time, you know, we would just kind of sit like like I said in the beginning of this, we would just kind of sit back and chill like over Jenga movie night, just playing video games and all yeah. that stuff. And we would just like we didn't even have to have we didn't have to be drinking, we didn't have to do anything like that, and we would just have we just have a topic. Cameron would just tell me something, and then we would just go. Exactly. It, it was it was just Never not it was planned. it was just nonstop, and it was just it was just flowing. Mm-hmm. And after doing this like this back and forth for so long. We like we just one day we're we're sitting and Kieran's like you know what why don't we start a podcast like because we might like because like we might as well like yeah. we're having all this conversation and it's just going to waste exactly we want other people to hear it and like interact with it tell us what they think like yeah exactly I totally agree with you like what's the point like what's the point of speaking on all on all these issues and like our common interests that I we honestly thought other people would find interesting and it's not recording it and putting it out there hundred percent like after spending time with you at your place I would drive home and be like. That was three hours of like great conversation, and Literally. I wish I had that recorded. So this is going to be awesome for us also to look back on and see how we grow and see you know the yeah. conversations we have. If I like if I if I ever have kids, like they're definitely this is going to be what their bedtime stories are. <laughs> yeah, they're not getting no Shield Silverstein. They're not getting any Doctor Seuss. They're just going to get their dad's podcast. As they should. I mean, first of all, it's culture. Second of all, that's why we're doing it. That's why we're putting the work in now. Yeah, actually, how long have we been working on it for, now that you say that? I mean, like, we've been, I think, actively, like, doing work, having meetings for, like, a couple months, three months now, but I would say the idea and the conversation behind it between us two has been over six months. So, you know, it's just exciting. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to be here now. Makes me, makes me really happy that we've actually, like... Mm-hmm made this nice little group project together, us, us three friends and all that, and now we're finally getting to release the first final product. That's right. That's right. I mean, that's kind of like, you know, we wanted to give you guys a little bit of intel on why we picked the episode name that we did. That is kind of the reason is we, when we started working on this a few months ago and having meetings, we saw a different timeline for this because we had never done something like this before, and we thought, you know, will be up and posted within a week of starting. And here we are now, like, well past the date that we thought we were going to be first posting. And, I mean, I think we are way more prepared and just, like, comfortable here. So, yeah. you know, late yeah, registration. All, yeah, all that and the mutual loafer Kanye out there. That's right. I mean, late registration. He might have been late to the game, but he came better than anyone. So mm-hmm. that's how I feel. That's exactly what we're saying. Um... Yeah, a little bit more like about our podcast. I think like I wanted to speak a little bit about our vision for it. When we sat down and we talked about what kind of a podcast we wanted, we thought like our vision was to create a platform for open dialogue and we wanted to have a focus on how hardships and like trials and tribulations of people's lives have shaped and impacted them uniquely. So these were the conversations that Sam and I found ourselves having, you know, as we talked about earlier, like um, in his apartment, just chilling, doing whatever. Yeah, tons, so we wanted tons. to open, we wanted to open this conversation up to others, whether it be like listeners or guests. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so with that, we kind of wanted to give a little more information and say that we hope to be a guest-heavy podcast. 
and that's how we plan on you know opening up to a wide range of opinions and interests. I don't think we could be that way without having a lot of people and a lot of different voices. Yeah, and we really want like we like the two of us, three of us, and everything. We really want to reach be out there, reaching out to a an extended audience and what and whatnot and that's why actually we recently worked on our socials and got our social media set up Mm -hmm. so we're gonna we're gonna give our our social media a shout out in a moment but yeah you know feel free to follow us and dm us you know if you want your opinion or your voice heard send us send us a message about what you want us to talk about or what your what your opinion or what your opinion is if you don't want to if you don't want to show up on the show physically if you want to show up on the show on the show physically sometime that's something we're hoping to get set up in the future when once we're a little more experienced with this work yeah, send us that too. Yeah, so our social media, our handle is at After the Smoke Clears Podcast on everything. I mean, our email is at After the Smoke Clears Podcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram is at After the Smoke Clears Podcast. Our TikTok is the same. We may not have a lot of posts up there yet, but that does not mean we are not looking at it actively and we won't receive your messages. So definitely send them our way. Send us your questions. We'll do our best to include as much as we can because we want to be a very feedback heavy platform, a very interactive platform. Exactly. Yeah. We really just want to have no limits on, on who will reach out to us and who we reach out to. So now that we have introduced ourselves and our podcast a little bit, I think it's time that we switch gears and we introduce our first guest. Um, we wanted to spend the second half of our podcast talking about the city that we live in, our interests, the things that we do around our city. So we thought it was fitting to bring in another person from our friends group for an even broader perspective. So the person we chose is actually my brother. He's two years younger than me. He is also within my friends group, as I said earlier. So welcome, Bryson. Thank you. I'm glad to be on this. We're glad to have you on here. Why don't you start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? I mean, a little bit about me. I mean, Big sports is kind of what I grew up doing is hockey, and I'm in school right now. I'm in my third year at SFU, but I mean, definitely not my passion. Uh, my passion lies with cars and hockey, but I mean, I haven't really decided what I want to do like career-wise, so I'm kind of just exploring what actually is going to grab me and say this is what I'm going to do. I mean, growing up with you, I watched you be such a driven and hardworking kid in so many different areas. I mean, and that's still going on to this day. You have so many different interests and skill sets that you're in a situation where you can't streamline what exactly your passion is. So I would say that's a pretty good situation to be in, and it'll be cool to see like what you decide. But... I wanted to talk a little bit specifically about Bryson's knowledge with cars because it's just like extraordinary to me. Like I was in a situation where I had a low amount of money, but I came to him and told him like, Hey, I want a car. And he provided me with the opportunity to get it because of his skill set on car mechanics and wiring. We went out and we picked a 2001 Chevy Impala with a crazy loud sound. And I remember driving it with him for the first time and, um, being a little nervous, but being really assured by just his confidence with it and seeing somebody like Bryson, you know, when I go to buy a car, I get in it, I drive it, I see how it drives, that's all I know. When Bryson gets in it, you know, he's knocking on different parts, he's he's figuring out things, he's testing every knob, so his confidence level made me confident, and 
through all of the issues that came up with the car, I gained a new respect for him. You know, like watching him work on it, watching his deep understanding, watching how easily he could diagnose something. Um, it's exceptional. So, I mean, I just wanted to pay you a little respect and, you know, give you credit for that and say I'm excited to see what comes out of all of that for you. Thank you for that. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, you know, now that we've introduced Bryson a little bit, I think we should just all generally talk about some things so people get an idea of us and our background. So, first thing I wanted to say is, for the people that don't know, we live in Vancouver. We grew up in Vancouver, BC, Canada. Um, And, you know, I just wanted to, like, open up the floor to you guys and kind of ask you what you think of, like, Vancouver. Like, what do you... What do you see the vibes of the city as? What people, what do you think people do here for fun? Like, what do you do for fun? I just kind of want to hear, you know, your perspectives. You know, I mean, like, honestly, like, people ask me, like, what to do in the city for fun that aren't from here. And, like, yeah. there's not a whole lot that pops in my head. Agreed. Um, I can't really think of, like, what I, like, if I had a friend visit from, like, let's say, like, just anywhere in the world and said, let's do one thing that's fun, I don't really know what I would say. Because, I mean, like, a lot of, like, the streamlined interests of people from, this, like, Vancouver aren't really what I'm into. Like, people, yeah. like, like, if you like the beach, like, yeah, there's some good spots to go. But, I mean, like, also we're, like, one of the only cities in North America that, like, you can't swim in the ocean here. Yeah, because the water's so, like, so bad. That's, like, very different than, like, someone, like, you, like, go visit other places. Like, if you're going to go down to, like, L.A., or, like, you're going to go to Miami, like, mm-hmm. you're going to want to go on the water. And, I mean, like, if people come here in the summer, it's, like, 35 degrees, like, they're shocked when we're like, yeah, no, like, you literally can't swim in this water. Yeah, still. Right? So, I mean, like... I mean, even if you could swim in the water, it's cold so much of the year. Yeah, I mean, like, that also, like, limits what you can do. I mean, like, like, yeah, there is nightlife, but, I mean, it's just there. Like, there's mixed opinions on it. I mean, my opinion on it is just, like, I don't know, it's just a little boring and overpriced, but, like... I agree. Sam, what do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, like Bryce was saying, if if you have a friend coming in from out of town and they ask what to do... I don't want to look at them and be like, "Look, man, you can't afford it, and neither can I." Because every, <laughs> everything that everything that's everything yeah, that is yeah. everything that's fun to do in the city, it is price gouged through the goddamn roof. One hundred percent. Oh Jesus Christ! Like, don't even get, don't even get me started on the ho- on the houses out here. I mean, we're at the point where, like, if you want to go do an escape room with your friends, it's almost forty dollars each. Like, yeah. that is wild. Yeah. You go out for drinks. If you have a tolerance of more than like three drinks, you're gonna be spending hundreds of dollars. Like, that's mm. just. And, you know, that's not even entry, which is, like, 20. Yeah. So I think, like, Vancouver nightlife, in my opinion, has turned a lot into, like, most people are, you know, doing their own thing, like, having their own, like, little house parties, get-togethers. Like, as you said, we kind of just watch movies, kick it, play games. Like, that's more of Vancouver's vibe. I mean, unless you are those people that are going on Granville doing feral activities until the end of night where there's police every, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Vancouver, I mean, Granville Street has gone to... G- getting getting arrested like, is a sport out on that street. 100%. And I remember... <laughs> they, like, they have... They, it, it is it is competitive out there. When you me. and I turned 19, it was not that bad. Like, it no. was it was a lot more tame. And now it's like, you know, five years later, four years later, and it's crazy, you know? And Bryson's only 21. He's two years younger than me. So, I feel like, for you, like, what have you seen in the nightlife? Like, have you ever seen it be chill and not, like, violent and all that? No, I mean, like, that's what, like, that's kind of why I don't really, like, go out here anymore. It's just more, like, everything is just, like, honestly, like, the crime rate here is just crazy. crazy. Like, what is it, like, I think Surrey, for, like, those that don't know, is, like, half an hour outside of Vancouver. Like, they're number one in the crime index in Canada. Right? I mean, like, everyone gravitates towards downtown Vancouver because it is, like, 
the hub of our clubs and yeah. bars and whatnot. But I mean, like, you go out and like you get into it with the wrong people, you got a knife to your back. Someone pulls a gun right. and this and that, and I'm like, that's not what people are expecting when they come here. But like, Vancouver does a very good job at hiding our reality of like the fact that we are kind of like effed up. Like we do a lot of illegal stuff. I mean, like the drug trade here is pretty big. I mean, yeah. like. I don't know, there's just, like, including myself, there's a lot of people that are deferred from going out downtown because, like, you don't want to get mixed up in the wrong thing just because you were walking in the wrong area. Exactly. You know what I mean? like, yeah. I mean, I also think, like, you know, we all talked about this a little bit before the podcast started. Like, Vancouver people are, Vancouver people are, like, so clicky that even when you do go out, people are still, like, gravitating to their own groups. They're not really, even, like, I've noticed with my guy friends that go, like, you know, try and pursue girls, it's like, they're sticking to their groups. They're not, even if they accept that drink, they're going back. Like they, It's very clicky. They don't really want to open up and meet new people. And so, like, I've, I've noticed for our friend group, maybe when Sam and I were 19, when a group of eight people wanted to have a good night out, we would go out. We would go to Granville. We would go to a bar. Whereas now, like, with our friends group, I think COVID really ignited this. But with our friends group, when we have, like, eight of us, nine of us, we want to get together, we rent a hotel suite. And we chill there because it's a safe place. Everyone has, you know, we don't have to worry about, as Bryce said, like violence. We don't have to worry about getting mixed up with the wrong group. It's, and even if we do go out, we kind of have a home base to jump back to. And so. Plus, we don't got to drop like $200 on like four drinks. 100%. You can just buy beer at the liquor store and bring it there. And that's, and it ends up being a better time than nightlife. So that's what's crazy is like Vancouver is very boring, very tame. Like you have to create your own. It's not really just given. And if you don't create it and you're like, okay, I'm going to go, you know, bowling experience, good luck. Open your wallet, you know, get it ready because it's going to be expensive. Yeah, just being real for a second, like I got I got two main points as to why I think the uh, the social scene in Vancouver has changed, has, has changed a lot. I think it might, like for point number two, it might have been this way a little bit more. I didn't think we weren't very socially aware of it, but I think for the first point, as to what has made the whole stroke, this whole social structure of Vancouver, like the Lower Mainland in general, yeah. had to be the like the lockdowns and COVID for the first year and a half, two years up until like the beginning of twenty of twenty 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 two. Because if you look at it now, now we have all like for us and everything, we we were already we were already by twenty twenty one twenty twenty two and everything, we were already like two three four years into 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 the party scene. You know, we got it out of our system and everything. But if you look at all these kids who are just graduating high school or who just graduated high school right before COVID or were in grade 12 when COVID first started, their social structure is a lot different because they were socially cut off essentially by the government and by, and by, and by, these, and by these lockdowns where they couldn't, they couldn't go out and party on Gravel Street. They couldn't necessarily go out to their friends' houses and go to these bars. They couldn't really interact with other, with other, with other schools as well. So that I guess like, it does kind of make sense. These kids that they're a little more socially enough. They're used to being on their phones and staying mm-hmm. and staying and, stay, and staying in. They're a little bit more socially closed off. And uh, I think like the like the last thing here. This this relates a little more to the to the crime. To the crime is one of the dirty parts about Vancouver's underbelly that is beautifully covered up via social propaganda. Mm-hmm. Is uh, in this city we all we have a lot of sexual predators. There is a there is almost an army of sexual predators. Yeah. The drug trade and the sex trade is a, is, is actually ramp is actually rampant and everything. We're it, a it, it's a big issue, uh, especially over in, in rich in rich in Richmond. That's why the RCMP. That's why the RCMP over in Richmond and North Van 
they patrol so heavily out there and almost ruthlessly, ruthlessly because that is one of the realities of what they're of what they do of what they deal with out there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that that's the sad that's a sad that's a sad reality of our of our of our city and other parts of the world. But that's just something that we we live with. That we learn. We have to. Uh, we have to learn. We have to learn to deal with that, and also to adapt, and also adapt to it, and find yep. and find a way to end that. Yeah. You know, before 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 the, like the party scene and just the social scene in general in Vancouver becomes more open and more friendly and le- and less uh, clicky and exclusive. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. But I mean, like the party scene isn't even the same you want to be at Vancouver. It's not. Like, there's so many other like groups of people that I'd rather be involved with. I mean, like, I definitely learned that more from, like, sports and cars. But, mm-hmm. like, because, like, obviously, like, being in those industries, you meet a lot more different people. But I'm like, it doesn't sound appealing to me to go out and hang out with a bunch of guys that, you know, sell drugs and, like, they get to spend money frivolously and not worry about everything. Mm-hmm. And, like, you got to sit there and, like, look at all these people and it's just kind of boring. Like, straight up, it's just kind of boring. It's not, it's not like, um, what's it called? It's not impressing you the way that they think it is either. That's the problem. Yeah. For me, that's what I find. Like, people that are throwing money at clubs, or you can tell, you know, just spending frivolously, it doesn't hit the way it's supposed to hit for me. I'm kind of just a little weirded out or, like, kind of just like, mm, this doesn't, you know, it, it it's I, not I, impressive it's, to me. It's, like, embarrassing. Yeah, it's not impressive. It is embarrassing. It's like, this is your stage. That's sad. And I think, like, circling back to what you guys said, just, like, about general Vancouver and, you know, uh, great places to go, it's like, I actually did have a friend, you know, obviously you guys were here for that, I did have a friend that came out from San Diego a few times, and, you know, he kind of landed, and one of the first things he said was, like, all right, show me the spots, and I kind of went, huh, well, you know, like, there's downtown, and there's, uh, seawall, there's, um, you know, like, like there really isn't, I couldn't think of much, so I kind of just took him to my spots, like, local, like, took him to Surrey to get some authentic Indian food, took him to, like, on a drive around Stanley Park, because, like, it's not like New York Central Park, you don't walk around it, it's not the same vibe, it's freezing cold outside, you drive around it and you see it, that's what it is, but, you know, like, in terms of, yeah, nightlife or fun things to do, or, yeah, even, like, I don't know, the tourist destinations, they just don't hit for me, like, it's just nothing exciting for me, like, he said, obviously, the, like, what's it called? Like, the mountains, you know, everything is beautiful here. The water is beautiful, but that's, that's kind of where it ends. That's what I was going to say. Like, honestly, like, if you don't fuck with, like, trees and, like, nature and all that, like, this is not the place for you. Like, the other thing is, like, you realize, like, once you leave and come back, yeah, people here are mean compared to other people. Oh, cities. they are. Like, I'm not, like, going to compare it to American cities because, I mean, like, just a different dynamic, but, like, if you were to compare, like, Vancouver to, like, the East Coast, right, or, like, even, like, the interior, like, people are just a lot more mean down here, and, like, we have our own, like, prejudice, like, yeah. kind of, like, upper-class opinions here that, like, we're better, yep. and I mean, like, I don't know if you don't agree with it, I mean, like, we were all born and raised here, so, like, we, like, I don't really agree with the way people think here, but yeah, that is just a reality. I mean, as you said, like, I mean, I know you said, like, not on American places, but, you know, but circling back to what I said about my friend, he um, was from San Diego, and he said, like, his impression was always, you know, what they learn in America is, like, Canadians are nice, Canadians, you know, all the stereotypes, and he said when he came here, he was stunned to learn that, like, people in San Diego are genuinely, you know, nicer, and, you know, more genuine, more, you know, they'll they'll come up to you, have a conversation with you, whereas people in Vancouver, if you walk into a party and they don't know you, 
they give you a look and they start talking to other people about who is that, how do you know, it's not the same energy as just accepting and being like, oh, cool, this is a new person, I'm down to learn. But, um, yeah. Oh, my God, it's just, it's, I don't even know, like, it's not, it's definitely not a place that I would choose to live. I, mean, I haven't really met a whole lot of people that have moved here and been like, yeah, this, this is it. Exactly. Like, this is where I want to be. Like, no, mm-hmm. they don't say that. They're like, okay, like, it's been like, all right, temporarily. And then they're like, yeah, then another one's planned, right? Yeah. Yeah, like it's like it's like I said before. It, a lot of it really is just the whole uh, like social and like social and digital pro- propaganda. Where Vancouver, the scenery wise, it is a very be- beautiful place to be and everything. It is a very nice scenery, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's propped up as like this beautiful, like kind, friendly, open, inclusive social social hub. When in reality, it's probably only a, it's only a quarter of that, and people are only like you know they're only they're only they're only so accepting out here. Yeah, it definitely has limits. Yeah, and I'm not saying, like, everyone out here are, like, assholes, but, I mean, like, generally speaking, you will have a hard time, like, Mm. getting into friend groups, you know, is the main thing, especially in, like, people around our age. I mean, like, I'm not saying, like, everyone I've met here is ruthless. I wouldn't have any friends here. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I would say, like, I guess kind of, like, a stereotype that would be more correct is that we are a little bit more rude, but not, like, the blunt style of rude. Well, like, we're like like the stereotype of like New York is like they're just very blunt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? We're not that. We're, we're more just like kind of like make a face, judge that person, turn to your homie, and say, "Oh, this is this, right?" Yeah. Like, I don't know. I I definitely like hate that way more because I'm like if you have an issue, I'd rather you just you know straight up say it. I agree. And, like at least there's some entertainment. Yeah. In that. Like <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I think like 98 percent of the people I've met in Vancouver, where I was like, "Wow, like you are really genuine and you're not that." Some people are just kind of weird. Like, I'll be going on the street, I'll make eye contact with someone, like just by accident. And, like, they'll either like they'll scoff at me or just kind of like make like an odd, an odd, an odd face or something like that. It's very like something weird and like passive aggressive. Or they'll give me like if I'm interacting with them, we're just uh, like again like if I glance at them by chance or thing. They'll give uh, they'll give what I like to call the pre-programmed NPC stare. <laughs> they'll just give you the eyes. Like you can tell there is nothing going on up there, and they are wondering why the hell you're looking at them but i'm also wondering the same thing yeah 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 i agree so yeah i mean i think <laughs> vancouver is a very yeah i know actually yeah, I okay. you, know, you know i i thought you know what this has been it's been fun talking about it's been fun talking about our city and everything but you know what let's uh Let's go switch in a more positive in a more positive direction. You know, I want I I've been meaning to ask like all of you guys this. You know, especially like you and you and Bryce and everything. I wanted to know, uh, like who like who would you who would you guys say is like a very influential person here in your life? I want to get someone first. Died. Oh, this one's hard for me because like I sat and I thought about this one for a while, and I feel like I can't really accredit one person. Like when I think about it, I've never really been an idol kind of person where it's like. I'm just going to look at one human and mirror what they do. Like, I don't know, I've never... And I, I know that's not what influential means, but for me, it's just always been a collective. It's never been just one. So I think, like, you know, like, my family around me, like, my parents, my siblings, seeing their plight, like, their struggles, their 
talents, like, um, it influences me into certain fields. Like, as I said, I never had, you know, I bought an old car because my brothers would work on it, and now I have this, like, newfound love and appreciation of old cars. Like, I just, you know, I was influenced by him and something that he was passionate about, and that's the same with, like, my parents, whether it's, like, work ethic for them or my sister, whether it's drive, tenacity, like, I don't know. For me, it's between, yeah, my family and then people in my life, like professors and classmates, like, you know, the people I've met at UBC that have, I don't know, inspired me to keep going or to fight the fight or, you know, showed me how many people are doing such meaningful work for our world. I don't know. That has been influential to me. And for Sam next, I, I mean, Sam asked the question, so I guess we'll throw it to Bryson next. Who do, Who's the most influential person or people in your life? I mean, like, I can't really think of anyone that's, like, influenced my life on, like, the, the stereotypical sense where, like, it is someone, like, positively influenced your life because they had a positive, like, attitude towards you. I mean, honestly, for me, it's more like the negative people in my life have actually influenced me to do better things. Like, I mean, I coach hockey now because of my experience with the shitty coaches, right? Like, I went through bad experiences with coaches of, like, forms of abuse and whatnot, and my brother did as well. So, I mean, like, that definitely motivated me to go towards coaching hockey because, like, I told myself I wanted to be different. So, I mean, like, I guess, like, the influential people were actually kind of the crappiest to me, I guess. But no, but that's meaningful. That's actually a great way of, you know, looking at it. It's cool that that's how it's been for you. I actually, you know, knowing your life in detail, I can say that I... I second that for you like negative things have influenced you to either want change or to push yourself i've seen that with you and you know some of the things you say like you know people said i couldn't do this so i'm doing it or you know um you know i've seen this problem so i want to do it better and i respect that no i mean like i went to like private school and everything too and i mean like that yeah. was like a terrible environment for someone like me like i i mm -hmm. didn't fit in there like i didn't really accept the rules that they were putting out for me I mean like right. and people did say shit like you're gonna be an idiot you're gonna be this you're gonna be that and I mean like I use that as a form of motivation to like keep pushing to like mm -hmm. look at them one day and be like well fuck here look who I am now yeah like, same I'm chasing same. prove their ass wrong real like, quick for me, exactly exactly for me when I left that school you know I remember everyone saying now that you're going to public school like are you just giving up blah 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 you know, and discrediting everything and saying, yeah, you're less of, you know, whatever. And then come university, I see them at the orientation. And I'm like, hey, so we're in the same place. You know, thank you for passing unnecessary judgment. But, you and know. And then, like, years later, you realize, like, how sheltered that environment really was. Like, you're hanging out with kids that are, like, going to be driving around in, like, $150,000 cars when they hit 16 years old. And I'm like, I still rock you with, like, couple thousand dollar ship logs and like I don't really yeah. care where I live or what I look like to you I mean it's more just my passion I and mean, like I also like didn't grow up the same way as them where it's like oh I had money I had parents that were willing to do anything for me like I did have I did have parents that were very willing to do things for me but like financially I didn't have the means to go up to my dad at 16 years old and be like well where's my Ferrari man like I didn't do that I mean yeah I mean, and I think it's interesting, like, as we've grown up, like, honestly, all shade, all disrespect, as we've grown up, all these people that, you know, were in our private school and hated on us for being different are now acting like, you know, the same way as us and acting like they invented it or they've always been like that. And I'm like, 
nah, because you're fake. Like, I've I seen you before with a total different mindset. Now you're accepting. Now you listen to them. Now you will hear that. But, you know, when we were in that bubble, you were in it. Own that. Don't act like you've always been this way. And so I see that all the time, and I think that's hilarious to me, is that the things that we were judged for is now the things these people are mirroring. It's, you know, it's just, it, it's an interesting slap in the face. Yeah, I have I, these people come up to me now, you know, and say, I respect you for being this. I respect you for saying that you were right. And I kind of go, well, you know, thank you. But it means nothing coming from you because you've just shifted again into what you think society wants. And you're also That's the hundred percent. You, you hurt me. Like, in a, yeah, I don't know. And that's the thing is, is you're not do you don't have these thoughts now because you sat down one day and thought maybe I should change the way I think you have these thoughts now because your environment around you permits you to act like that your environment around you encourages you and well, social norms and standards change, exactly right? and all shade all disrespect you're gonna follow that's what you did you followed at public school and you, or at private school and you acted like everybody else and you're following now trying to act like everyone else realizing that wait the bubble was not real life which again were realizations we came to when we were there. And these were those people that I was referring to earlier, were like, they'll judge you and not say it to your face and turn to their little friend right next to them and be like, oh, Bryson said this, or Bryson's doing this now, and they'll judge the fuck. I can't anyway. wait for all these people like, to hear this. I if you wait. walked up to them face-to-face and said, what did you say? They said, oh, I didn't say nothing. 100%, say nothing, it's just right? so like, artificial. It's such a big switch-up. Yeah. I don't like oh We should do an episode about that. For sure. Yeah, I, I could go on and Honestly, on about that. Um, Sam, why don't you tell us the most influential person in your life and then we'll move on to our last part. Yeah, I mean, I just want to say over guarding on to your guys' conversation. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, I've always gone by the saying, what comes around goes around. Because at some point in life, like you're gonna, like you're gonna get, like you're gonna get what's coming to you. Like you, you can't, you can't escape your destiny. You can't escape your faith. Everything is gonna happen to you for a reason, and everything. And you know what? You're right. Like, yeah, yeah. There are all these people. There are all those people who doubted, who doubted you guys, who doubted me, and everything. And if one right. day, and if one day they want to hop into a room with me and say, "Oh, I've always seen you," and this and that, if you really want to hop into that conversation, just know you're getting ratioed real goddamn quick. Hundred percent. Like you're not walking out of that conversation unscathed. Like I'm gonna be ruthless. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have some words that I cannot say on this podcast for you. I, yeah, well, I feel like it doesn't hit the way they think it hits. Yeah. Like they come up to you and they think they've hit some big revelation, and I'm like, "Hey, you're the same person that judged me." So what you can do is back yeah. up and realize that. It took you five years to realize what I already knew. So maybe just don't talk to me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's like you had your chance. You blew it. I left. That's it. Oh, yeah. How I feel. I and, it, and it's fun. It's it's, it's, it's going to be a fun little entertainment session for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but going back to being real and everything. Uh, yeah, for myself, a very influential figure. And I discovered I discovered this person about... It was about two... It was probably about like two... Yeah, like two and a half years ago and everything. It was, and it was during a time when I was... I was in my second year of sheet metal school, and during this second year of sheet metal school, this was still when a lot of classes were on Zoom and online and everything. So obviously, I'm in my own, I'm in my own room. I'm up, I'm up at seven in the morning to go for, to go for this lecture and everything. Mm-hmm. I get up in the morning. I'm having five eggs and a glass of wine. I'm yep. on YouTube the entire. <laughs> I'm, I'm on YouTube the entire time, doing pull-ups in my room, mm-hmm. getting distracted and everything. So I'm on my phone one day, and I I. You know, because we all, we all, we all know our, our phones are always like recording what we're saying. It's how they get to us, like for, like for like for advertisements and everything. Like Apple, I know what you're doing. Don't lie to me. <laughs> um, One thousand percent. Yeah, literally. So like they're always watching, and I guess like just heard me going off. Well, probably probably some probably something because I definitely said something that made this show up in my algorithm. Mm-hmm. But I'm on YouTube, and that's when I discover this guy 
David Goggins. Mm-hmm. Who's going to carry the goddamn boats? Okay, so who is he, though? So, David Goggins. I can tell you a little brief thing about David Goggins. David Goggins is probably, just in some regard, and to some, to some other military members, he is probably the most influential and legendary Navy SEAL, Navy SEAL in history. And basically, this guy, David Goggins, He's on a whole nother he's on a whole nother level. You guys like you guys hear like Navy SEALs and special operations and black ops like operatives and everything, and you think they're hard this guy like takes what those soldiers do and he ramps it up like sixty goddamn notches. Like this guy is through the roof with what with what with what he mm-hmm. does. There's a reason why he's a, he's an urban legend to all like to majority of of na- of, na- of Navy SEAL of Navy SEALs and why his name is so highly respected out, out there in that field. And that's because this man, his journey to the, his journey to being a Navy SEAL, I I forget how old he was when it started. But I think it might have been around like the age of like nineteen, twenty, or thing. But essentially, he was a loser. He was going nowhere in life. He was about like a hundred and something pounds over overweight, like fat fat piece of shit. Yeah. Could hardly do any push ups. Felt sorry. Felt sorry for himself. Um. He didn't. He didn't. He, he like he like he he did not. He did not have. He did not have a good a good life at all. And he was not happy with it. So I think if I find correctly, I don't know, maybe fact check, fact check me on this at some point. But um, I think he he went to go join the military, and I think he he, he failed. He failed. He failed like the military, uh, like the training or like the test you need to get into the military. He failed it like I think like two or three times. Mm-hmm. So he so he was not he was not off to a good a good start. But he basically he he worked his ass off to lose to lose the weight and to get fit and everything. And he eventually, he eventually made it in. But then, after doing all of that, all of the hard work, losing all of the weight, finding the drive himself to get up every every early in the morning, yeah. do cardio, diet, and everything, he decided he wanted to take a step further. And mm-hmm. so he went, and I think eventually he went in for the uh, he went in for the Navy SEAL Special Forces qualification course, whatever 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 the whatever whatever the program is. Mm-hmm. And I think when he went for that, I think he also failed that like one or like one or two times right. until finally. Like he got, he got it because like he was in shape, but he was obviously coming from being so severely overweight. He wasn't in phenomenal shape. He he wasn't like the top like ten percent of members in the military, in the military, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, but he where he worked his he worked his ass he worked his ass off and everything, and he got to that point where he could where he could go off and he could join the and he could join the Navy SEALs. And you think like that's pretty impressive right there. But once he gets to that point, that's when he really starts to ramp like to ramp to ramp it up. I, yeah. I think one of the one of the most one of the most um interesting things that he would do and everything is that uh to get over like his fear like to to really be someone who, contr- who controls his emotions and controls his fear and what's gonna and what's stopping him is that he didn't know how to swim so what he would do is he would uh there's I think there's, there's a test in the military that you it's like it's how it's, it's like a, a hostage survival thing mm-hmm. it's basically your ankles are bound and your hands are tied behind your back. He would get. To, he would go to a lake, and he would have his girlfriend or whoever else, whoever, literally tie him up and push him into the water. Yeah. And he would survival swim, and he would do that. He would do that every chance, every chance, every chance, every chance he got, until finally he was like good enough to swim in that. And mind me, like he he didn't know how to swim, and he was just, and he was just having people push him into the water. Right. So this guy's actively fighting like drown drowning, and he's doing this like day after day, whenever 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 he can. That's hard. That's hard. That's no, hard that to do. That's hard, hard to do. Yeah. And he basically, and he basically did that, you know, because I think like part of his mentality, part of his mentality, and everything is like, you know, back to the whole 
the whole boat the whole boats thing that I said at the beginning yeah. is who's gonna get it done if not if not you? Because your parents ain't gonna get it done for you. Your friends ain't gonna get it done for you. Your bosses ain't gonna get it done for you. Only you in the end can get it done can get it done can get it done can get it done for you. Yeah. And what do you what do you, what do you, and also when you're in the military, what are you gonna do when you're in a dangerous when you're in a dangerous situation and it's up to you to get people to get people out alive or your team out alive? Yeah. It's up to you. You have to do it. It doesn't matter how many bullets are flying at you. It doesn't matter how how scared how scared you are. It doesn't matter what your views are, what your fears are. You got to get it done, and that's the mentality that he preaches and that he ma- and that he mastered early on. That's and which is what yeah. helped him through uh through through seals. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he is. He is he 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 is my like probably like my main like first thought when it when it comes to me with yeah. the influential figure. There are various other there are various others and everything. But uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it at that for now because I we have time for one other next and that's on the next topic. Yeah, and I, I'd love to hear more about that. It's very interesting. Obviously. Yeah, it's. I might, I, mean, I think we might actually even have an episode on that. Who knows? Yeah, we can for sure. We can generally you know, talk right now a little about our favorite, you know, each of our favorite like um, work of art or artists, like work of art being like an album. You know, if, if you have like a painting or whatever, I mean, the artist that you appreciate the most and you know, kind of why a little bit just briefly because we will go more into it next episode yep. depending on willingness maybe Bryce can come back next week and we can you know chop it up about that but yeah let's just hear from whoever wants to go first I mean I could go first, <laughs> Sam, anyway. Sam pulled back real <laughs> Sam, Sam just looked away I was like Sam, okay yeah, I'm, 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 not, I'm not in the boy I'm not in the boy go yeah go ahead go um ahead. I mean, like, there's probably two artists that, like, definitely stood out to me. I mean, like, it's not, they're not very common, I would say, in, like, people that would, like, pick these two. I mean, T. Grizzly's one of them. And reasoning for him, I mean, like, like, I know people know, like, a lot of his, like, famous stuff. But, I mean, I think all of his stuff is very underrated. Because he takes a very different approach than, like, I would say most common artists. Where, like, he kind of went back to, like, the old storytelling. And like didn't really forget where he came from, mm-hmm. but like a lot of his music has like definitely influenced my life in the sense where like his story and everything he's been able to do and his morals still stay intact. Yeah, right. I mean, like he talked about his past and all of his crime and stuff like that, but I mean, like his morals have still stayed intact. That like his brother is in prison, but like he will make sure that his brother is completely stable off of his own music career. Yeah, he has good family values. Right? I mean, like, definitely take a listen to some of his stuff because it's worth listening to, but you gotta listen to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Gates, because... Like, it's almost like what Mike Tyson said about prison. Like, Mike Tyson said prison was one of the best things that ever happened to him because he came out mentally and physically stronger. And I mean, like, if anyone knows anything about Kevin Gates, like, Kevin Gates went into prison and he was fat as fuck. Right, he came out like completely ripped. Like he was in killer shape. But I mean, like he found God and like forgot. Like he overcame all of the illegal stuff that he was into and all the trauma that he went through in finding God. And I mean, like I'm not saying like I believe in God or anything like that. That you need to believe in God for this, but like it is very like inspirational to see someone that was in such a rough, tough situation to be able to work their way out because it just gives you hope that like. I mean, like, if he can do it, and if T. Grizzly can do it, and if all these other influential people in the world can do it, 
Like, there's no reason you can't get through your university degree. Like, I mean, I've yeah. got what they're doing is a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I don't have a lot more to say on that without falling way too deep into this. Yeah, no, we'll already. definitely, we'll get a little bit more into it. I actually um, want to hear from Sam now. Sam, let's hear what your, who your, like, let's just say favorite artist, I guess, is. And you can kind of go into a little bit about that. Should have seen this coming. My fav, my favorite artist is Kanye West, mm-hmm. and that is because Kanye West. He was act. He was probably the first artist that I actually recognized and whose name I learned back when I was four or five years old. Mm-hmm. And I forget, like what, like what, like when did his first, like was a late registration was his first album. I think College Dropout in two thousand four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was first studio. So he, album. So you know, yeah, I was definitely five or six when when I was listening to this. I think the first song I heard by Kanye West it was something off his first album, or it was um, American Boy with a with Estelle when he when he was when he was featured on it. Yeah, I don't know what year that was. But yeah, everybody was playing that song for a yeah. long time. But yeah, seriously. Po- point is, I was young and everything, and then after that, like I knew I knew the guy's name, and then later on when I was about like four, like three, four years later, mm-hmm. it's when he released his 808's Heartbreak album. Oh my gosh. And I yeah. remember, uh, what, 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 what was it? It was Heartless and Love Lockdown. Mm. They were playing nonstop on the radio, competing with, um, like, Josie and the Pussycat Dolls with one of their mm-hmm. songs. It was, like, the top song, like, in, like, in, like, North America. Yeah. And all, and all, and all, and all, in America in general. So it was just constantly going. And every single time I heard Kanye West come on, I was like, this man knows what's up. He, he really, yeah. Yeah. But one of the main reasons that he is one of is he is one of he is my favorite artist, not just because he's the first rapper and the first artist whose name I knew and that I listened to and everything, but uh, it's because of his work as a whole. But specifically, it's his Yeezus album, and his Yeezus album is my favorite because I, I to this day I still think that's one of just his most crazy. I don't I don't give I don't give a shit. I am gonna become the monster. Album, al- al- yeah. albums and everything, and I think you know, like, like correct me if I'm wrong, but that album came out and everything around the time when he was still kind of grieving with the whole consequence of paying for his mom's surgery that she ultimately died from. Was Jesus? I think I I, 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 think, I think, I think, yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Well, I think it was. I think it was. I mean, let's check the. What year did Jesus come out compared to? That was like 2009 or something like that. So Jesus is 2013. Okay, 2008. Yeah. So I mean, it was years after, but I mean, he's still dealing with it now. So okay. yeah, it's yeah. definitely in there. So yeah, I, I, so yeah, I think what was going on was that yeah, he was because during when he made this album, he, he was st- he he was still on his mind because yeah. obviously like his mom, his mom was the most influential person in his life, and then when she died, like he kind of he was at a loss. He didn't really have. He didn't know what direction to go for in life, and so he was dealing. He was dealing with that, and his mentality was cha- was changing. And then finally, when Jesus when Jesus came out, it was just on a whole. It was just on a whole development. It went. It went from like kind of almost like soul music and everything, and everything, and like very like heartfelt, like with a deep with like a deep message. To it's just aggressive. Like I don't care. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna Every do. I'm, one I'm, like, I'm yeah. gonna do me. Like no matter what, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell a story. I'm gonna. Say, Show you guys how frustrated I am. Yeah. Via the via the, the vocals, the writing, the um, the instrumentals, and all the sounds going into every every sing, every single song. Yeah. And the reason I liked I liked that so much about this album coming out is he was like, "All right, this is me. This is who I am. Yes, I've been through 
I've been th- I've been through this shit, this this bullshit in my life in my life and everything, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna let it define me to a certain point, but I ain't gonna let it control me. Absolutely. What you're seeing right now, this is like the raw version of me. Like this is who I am. This is who I am. I'm in control. I am the monster. Yeah. And you guys can't stop me. Like no matter what you guys want to do, no matter how much you want to criticize me, I ain't gonna stop. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing why why that's like the main reason why I love the album and everything. You know, I'll listen to I'll listen to it at work. I'll I'll listen to I'll listen to it when I'm in the gym because you know like the same for me. I'll be goddamn if I'm an, if I'm gonna let an inanimate object crush me under its weight. Yeah. You ain't you ain't you ain't stopping me. I'm gonna get out there every single day. I'm gonna put in my work. And I don't right. I don't I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I think for myself, like. Like I'm, you know, mine's Kanye too, but I want to add another one in because, you know, some, yeah, you know, I do have a lot of variety, which is why I'm excited to do the next episode because I feel like I talk about Kanye a lot, but like there are so many other artists that I listen to, and so one person that I want to mention is like, um, her. Like I listen to her when I'm by myself all the time. I listen for years. I, I, she had the album called Her. What? What's 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 her name? Her. It's H E R. No, but who is her? She's um, I don't know like what her um, what her like what's like what's her name and all that. It's it's just it's just her. Yeah, it's H E R. But it's but it's an acronym. What does it does it stand for? I don't know. I can be honest. I don't know. But I just love the vibe of her voice. I think she has like a whole album that I can literally never get tired of listening to. It's relaxing. Okay. It's yeah. I don't know. I mean, we can look a little bit more into, like, who she is, but I don't know. I, like, yeah. she's, I, I haven't, like, I don't know deeply about her, who she is beyond music, like mm-hmm. Kanye, but I just know, like, her music makes me feel a certain calmness, so yeah. I have never not, like, I have never not liked a song by yeah. her, mm-hmm. and, yeah, I mean, secondly, obviously, Kanye. Um, I think for me, my favorite, like, album of his is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and, like, I remember Mm, as you said, oh my god, I remember as you said, like, growing up listening to Kanye West, and, like, no matter what like, kind of age I was, some there was some song that always hit, there was something that always you know, I was learning the words to when I was a child, and I think, like, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, I remember playing Dark Fantasy on repeat, you know, the first song, on repeat over and over and over, and I don't know, I, I didn't even absorb the lyrics or anything, I just love the way it sounded, like, that's what I love about Kanye, is before I even really was absorbing it, I appreciated the sound, I appreciated, like, oh, this sounds great, it, you know, it goes, or whatever it is, it, whether it was 808s, where you're like, it's chill, this is, like, beautiful, or it was, like, graduation, where you're like, this is wild, this is awesome, like, this is a pump-up song, like, I think... Yeah, for me, it's, like, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and, like, the whole trilogy, like, I wrote here, like, the trilogy of, like, anti-academic Kanye of, like, college dropout, late registration, then graduation. Like, I think that that put him on the map, like, nothing else, as it should, because, like, that was, those are three crazy pieces of work. People can say what they want to say about his views, but those are three crazy pieces of work that deserve all the credit and, like, Something I remember from when we were kids was when Kanye was going to, I think it was graduation, 50 Cent was pretty big at the time too, and he was about to drop an album, and they started beefing publicly about, like, who's going to sell more? Who's going to sell more? And, like, 50's like, obviously I'm out to tell you, like, I'm 50 Cent, 
you're just little Kanye, like, you you know, you haven't made your mark yet, and just seeing Kanye blow 50 Cent out of the water when Graduation came out, I don't know what 50's album was, I think it was Get Rich or Die Trying, but... That's, that's correct, yeah, I, Yeah, I think it was that, um, but... I don't know, like, I, growing up, also the whole, like, Bush, uh, what did he say? George Bush doesn't care about, like, he, just <laughs> seeing him be himself through his whole career has given me a different respect for him, but beyond that, like, his art speaks for itself. If you don't even know one thing about the guy and you listen to his music, you can respect it. Yeah, his, so. his, his original, his original three, like, three albums that came out, uh, yeah, they, those, those albums, it's liter are literally a blueprint on storytelling and how to make an and how to make an album and how to make it and how to make a, a storyline. Yep, that's right. I mean, um, being fully honest with the listeners, uh, our guest Bryson has already left the building. <laughs> yeah. He's already out of here. But I think that we will end it there. I see like a lot of potential for our next topics, and I'm really like excited to get into those. So. We just want to, you know, thank everyone for listening to us, and we want to say, like, if you enjoy us, please follow us, and we will, or if you enjoyed what we said, please follow us, and, you know, we look forward to chatting more and, yep. you know, hitting different topics, and, meeting uh, different people. Really, pre- really appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, please, you know, come on, come on in, listen to the next few episodes once, once, we, once, we, once we pump those out, because I'm very excited for everyone to see the real us. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, actually, you know, Bryson just popped back in to say, you know, bye. So, yeah, I think, you know, we hope you tune in next week. We'll, you know, we look forward to the topics we'll get into. And I think we are going to thrive on this podcast on having people on it in group environments. So look forward to that with us. And, yeah. Anyone else have anything they want to say? I just want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for having me on. Of course. Oh, yeah. Anytime. Anytime. All right, well, we will end it there, and we will see you guys next week. Bye.